Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Pivoli, Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Canadian actuaries are obviously talented when it comes to mathematical and analytical skills, but many CIA members have talents that lie outside of the technical world. And today we'll be speaking to one of those individuals. Aris Sardar is an FCIA, but is also an accomplished painter, and we'll be talking about some of his work in this episode. So thanks very much for joining us today. Chris, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today to chat with you. Great. Well, to start off, maybe take us through uh, your path to entering the actuarial profession and then also tell us a little bit about your current role and responsibilities before we get to the artistic side of your work. Excellent. So I moved to Canada from Pakistan at the ripe age of 18 for university. I wanted to be the wolf on Wall Street and I was uh, uh, headed to my dreamland, which was the Richard Ivey School of Business. However, after uh, realizing for the first two years of taking classes uh, for Ivy, I realized I did not want to pursue that career anymore. And looking at the job bank at the University of Western Ontario, at that time, 60% of the jobs listed were for actuarial science. So I knew what I wanted to do next was to become an actuary. And I kind of gave up my artistic pursuits at that point for the greater financial good of the world and started along the actuary path. So let's turn now towards your artwork. Uh, can you give us some details about what you do and uh, things like the media you work with now and uh, how you got to that point? As I mentioned earlier, I gave up my artistic pursuits in high school. My only formal training in art is watercolors as far as grade 12. And after that, there was an 18-year hiatus while I was qualifying as an actuary and learning uh, how to do all things pension consulting. And when I picked up uh, the paintbrush again after 18 years, I went straight towards oils. And the reason was based on my actuarial practice and the financial freedom that it provided to be able to travel across the world and go to museums and be able to look at contemporary art and and the old masters, all which were used oil paints and the brilliance as well as the pigmentation and having put up with the test of time. That's naturally where I gravitated to start painting in oils. As for the type of art, I call myself the referential surrealist. So what that means is I take references from the real world, present to the viewer in a surrealistic format. I am inspired by the likes of Dali, but to make my own practice unique, I I mix lots of uh, impressionistic styles as well as elements of pop art. I would say that there's a lot of meaning behind my art, which we can get to in a bit, but uh, there is a voice and and, and I do want to paint attitudes uh, about politics, about religion, about uh, immigration, all things that I've been through in my life and what I want to portray about uh, basically a secular Muslim boy's immigration from Pakistan into the multidimensional land of Canada and, and how that's changed me as a person to identify as, uh, as a human being from the world without any restrictions of man-made boundaries of countries. Can you maybe describe some of the creations you've come up with and uh, you know what do they look like? What would someone be seeing if they took a look at some of your artwork? So the best way would be, uh, I call it visual pleasure. And the best way to actually experience that is to go either to my website, which is www.oneharris1.com or to my Instagram, which is oneharris.1. Having said that, to describe uh, the visuals into words, I'm following uh, or I'm creating 
two distinct series, one called Flowerin Ladies or Flores de Primavera, and the second one being Prepackaged Religion. So the first series about the ladies is inspirations were drawn from the mammoth-sized personalities of leading ladies in my life, such as mother, dear, sister, and spouse. Also in the series, I wanted to desexualize the female body by presenting it as radiant flowers, yet maintaining the sense of elegance, strength, beauty, and intelligence, all which envelop the essence of a woman. So that's the first one. And then the Second series, which is Repackage Religion, I am depicting various religious buildings may, uh, into floating boxes or cubes, and those cubes represent my personal secular views on organized religion. You know, for some viewers, it may be that organized religion is suffocating, thus in prescribed cubes to other um audiences, it may be a safe haven or home. So it really depends on how a viewer wants to look at and feels about religion. But for me, it is about oneness of humanity without the borders of religion, culture, sexuality, so on and so forth. Well, as actuaries, I know it can be a real challenge to try to balance our personal and professional responsibilities, especially back in the days when we were still writing exams. So I'm just curious, how did you manage to find time to do your artwork? Did you have to sort of leave it aside for a while? And and currently, how do you balance it with all your professional responsibilities? I would say as actuaries, right out of school, we're trained to have a higher bandwidth of working. So what I mean by that is that not only are you pursuing a fairly challenging work day, but at the same time, you're also then going back on your on your personal time and studying for exams, which take up to 600 hours of studying time for each exam. So I think naturally, if you're in your 20s and you're trained for years after graduating university, your bandwidth expands to be able to fit so many things in. So for me, yes, I had to, as I mentioned earlier, I had to put aside the art for 18 years. But when I came back to it now, I'm able to follow my actuarial practice as well as then be able to do art because I'm used to doing so much in my previous life. But that requires being extremely organized. That requires help, and if not help, and, and, and I like to say that it takes a village, so it requires support from everybody in the household. So I would have to say that all props given to my spouse, I don't know when the cleaning happens. I don't know when the dog gets fed. I don't know when the groceries come in. I wake up, I do my job, and then you'll find me on the uh, canvas painting till 10, 11 p.m. every night. So I put in about four or five hours after my actuarial day job every weekday and about six to eight hours every Saturday, Sunday to make it happen. And, and it really is the passion, which is is motivating me to keep on going. I have to make both of it happen for myself because it's a perfect balance of math and creative side, which balances both factors to be able to produce on both hands. Okay. Now I understand that you're going to be showing some of your pieces in the near future. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So I've been very lucky that most of my work has been purchased prior to me ever showing it. I am also booked on commissions till the end of 2023. And my first ever showing is going to be in New York City in the Lower East Side with Redwood Art Group at the New York Art Expo. It's taking place from March 30th to April 2nd in the Lower East Side, Pier 36. So if you guys are in in the city or if you want to come to the city and check out an actuary's eight uh, original paintings, you're more than welcome to show up. 
That's great. And let's wrap up with one final question. Maybe tell us how you see things evolving in the future. Where do you want to go with your artwork? What would you like to do next? So I'm not sure if we we talked about the fact that I work for a not-for-profit. What I mean by work is I bring my actuarial skills to a not-for-profit, a jointly sponsored pension plan known as and called the Colleges of Applied Arts and Technology Pension Plan. So for short being CAT pension plan. So while uh, while expanding the knowledge on uh, on the CAT plan and hopefully securing lives uh, in retirement and making a national impact, I do also plan on pursuing my art practice on a somewhat full-time basis. I do want to have shows across the globe. You know, the ultimate goal for any artist is to be collected in in, in museums and for public showing. I, I, I severely believe that an art piece belongs to the public and it should be seen by everybody and not hoarded by high net worth collectors, which is fine too because they pay my bills. But ideally, the art goal is to have museum shows, to be in public spaces, to get as many sets of eyes on my work as possible. Okay, well, best of luck with all those endeavors, and thanks very much for coming on the episode today. Thank you so much, Chris, and I look forward to hearing it and meeting most of the actuaries who who hear the podcast, so super excited. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, I'd invite you all to subscribe to our podcast and catch up on prior episodes. And if you have ideas for a future episode or you'd like to contribute to our Seeing Beyond Risk blog, we would certainly love to hear from you, and the contact information can be found in the show description. Until next time, I'm Chris Pivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.